when it comes their time to actually pay you, you will have to tell them again why you're important to this transaction. And, and you just have to be very good at articulating that. If you want to earn your commission, you need to communicate what you're doing, right? To be worth the amount of money that you're charging. You are going on a new interview every time you go on an appointment and you are telling them why you will earn the position, yeah. why you are the best choice for that position. If you do a good job in those meetings, People will understand and they won't ask questions about your commission. If you want to control your commission, okay, you need to list houses now. If the first time you're having this conversation is when you're trying to negotiate an offer and get yourself more money, they're not going to look at that very positively. All right, guys, we're going to talk about this declining commission situation uh, there's been a lot of lawsuits and a lot of talk about what's going to happen over the next few years in terms of agents losing their commission. We're going to talk about how to keep as much commission as possible and how to continue to win in real estate. So let's get into it first. <clears throat> and you and I had a discussion about this yesterday, just of generally where the market is going and what we have seen even in the last few weeks. And I've talked to people from all across the country. And so um, I think by and large, not a ton has changed, but we're starting to see things creep in. And uh, we work with about <clears throat> very closely with a, with about 60 agents. And so we see, you know, the transactions coming in from those agents. So we're getting those things brought to us um, far more frequently than they were. But it's still not, by and large, it's not, uh, it's an exception, not the rule. Uh, right. Uh, absolutely. Exception, not the rule. And I would say that there are probably a lot of people that have seen the lawsuits on the news and it's yeah. fresh in their mind. And so they're they're trying to execute on what they've heard in the news like now. Yeah, and so, so let, the more time has passed, the the less that, that may become an issue. Agreed. So let's talk really specifically about the lawsuit itself and what it means for you guys that may not know. We can kind of dig into that just a little bit. So one of them is basically the, um, if this happened in Missouri. Uh, there was a a law firm that brought a class action lawsuit against several different real estate agencies. Uh, and they were saying, Hey, and the national association of realtors saying they were conspiring to fix commissions. And, and I will say just right out, I, I don't agree with that because we've seen uh, commissions decline just sort of naturally in the marketplace, but I don't think anybody was conspiring to fix commissions. However, they won that lawsuit. And so there's been a massive payout from some from the NAR and from some larger real estate companies. Um, so that's kind of what's happened. Uh, I think that's going to go through an appeals process, but that's basically the uh, long and short of what's going on in the lawsuits. Um, but a lot of this, I think, really comes from just general client perception and how fast house prices have gone up and how much agents are getting paid. So you could even look at um, let's say the Nashville market, which selling a million dollar property is not going to be rare in the Nashville market. No. Okay. Uh, the, the entry, I think your average price point is pushing towards 500,000. Well, and if you look at more specific markets, like in Williamson County, you know, there's yeah. several cities that are above a million average price point. Yeah. So you've got, you know, so if you were to sell five houses, right. And you were to on a million dollars, you make 3% on each one then you just made $150,000 in selling five houses. Now, is there 
really $150,000 worth of work there. And I would probably make an argument that uh, maybe not, right? Depending on what the agent did, what kind of marketing they spent, stuff like that. How, long, so you that's, work, how long did you were working with them? And, you know, uh, how many houses did you have to show? I yeah. mean, every case is different. Yeah, and how many hours? And, and it's like, I think if I were to ask an agent who sold a million-dollar house, did you really put that much more time and energy and expense into selling that million-dollar house than you would have a $500,000 house or a $400,000 house? And probably not. Maybe a little bit more marketing money, maybe some more pictures and things like that. But in uh, in Nashville or, or or Williamson County, a million dollars is not even considered luxury. Yeah, but you always have to take your expertise into account. Like, what um, when it came to negotiation, how much were you able to either save or keep the price up if you're on the seller side? Sure. Um, you know, did you direct them to professionals that didn't overcharge them? All this stuff comes into play. So sure. now. Have you saved them or created $30,000 for them in their own pockets over the course of this transaction? Maybe. maybe. I mean, maybe you saved them $10,000 on these repairs and maybe you saved them, you know, you know, 20000 over here from negotiation mm -hmm. processes. And, sure. you know, maybe you made your commission uh, tenfold. Yeah. Uh, but it, every situation is very different. Now, there's everybody's going to land a deal where they're working with a buyer. They showed them one house. They bought a million-dollar house and made $30,000 and it took, you know, yeah. a day of work. And, you know, I would say that that happens sometimes, but, yeah. you know, there's other times where you show a buyer 50 houses and they never buy. Yeah. And, but the, the important thing though is client perception. What do the clients think about it? And already the clients think, well, realtors make too much money and they don't do anything. That's right. And so a lot of what we're struggling with is client perception, which is what, like, just to your point, start talking about it, right? Start talking about, if you want to earn your commission, you need to communicate what you're doing, right? To be worth the amount of money that you're charging. Yep. Okay, so that's one of the things where realtors really mess this up is they don't want to have the uncomfortable conversations at the beginning of the process. And I would even venture to say, go ahead and say, hey, the in largely people think realtors get paid too much money and they don't do anything. Here's what we're bringing to the table. Yeah. Like just talk about it. We always harp on buyer and seller consultations. We think they're very important. That is your that is basically like an interview for a job. Yes. And you are going on a new interview every time you go on an appointment and you are telling them why you will earn the position. Yeah. Why you are the best choice for that position. And if you do a good job in those meetings, people will understand and they won't ask questions about your commission. Yeah. By the way, if you guys wouldn't mind, please take a minute to like, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and uh, give us a follow on Instagram. We're building up our Instagram following. Uh, one of the things, though, that we've seen in the last week, this has all happened in within the course of the last week with the transactions that have, that have come through um, our brokerage. The first is just a standard 2% instead of a 3% to the buyer's agent, Okay. That's probably going to start happening, I think, more and more. Uh, a flat fee from a builder, so a very popular builder in the area, on a $600,000 product or $650,000 product, which is offering a flat fee of $6,500. Okay, and in one extreme case, we had an agent who brought a buyer to a $650,000 condo in downtown Nashville, and the agent was only offering $999 buyer's agent commission. Okay. So while these are generally exceptions, that has all happened in the last week. And so, again, you need to start 
you know, and I, I'm not trying to, to uh, scare anybody, but you need to start thinking about how to handle this and, uh, and going to, and going ahead and taking on or facing it head on versus waiting for something to happen. And um, so again, I, I think really over the course, like over the course of the next year, the new normal or next five years, the new normal will be, we'll see declining commissions. I think that was already starting, starting to happen. Yeah. And we'd seen that 2%, 2.5%. And even during COVID when houses were flying off, we saw that commission declining a bit. Um, so there's going to be probably a new normal that happens over the next five years. But uh, what are we going to do to face this, right? Um, again, have what you said, have that discussion up front. So you've got the buyer's agent agreement, right? And I have not, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I have not been a proponent of a buyer's agent agreement because it feels like a very uncomfortable uh, discussion to have. But I think I'm probably changing my mind on that based on what's happening. Yeah, I'm not saying you have to run, in my opinion, to get one of these signed and every buyer you're working with immediately. Yeah. But I think you're going to start encountering these situations we just talked about, the 999 flat fee, yeah. the the $6,000 flat fee. And if that's going to be an uncomfortable conversation for you later, mm-hmm. it's best just to cover it in the buyer consultation up front, get a document signed mm-hmm. about what happens should you encounter one of those situations. And in that, that even in and of itself is a negotiation between sure. you and the buyer that you're working with. Maybe you're okay taking... Two percent, and if you run into a situation where it's one percent flat, they're just going to pay the one percent difference. Maybe that's fine for you. Whatever you feel is comfortable. Maybe is it friends and family? Is it not? Is it what you know? Whatever you feel like is comfortable. That's the negotiation you need to have up front, and you need to tell them why you're going to earn that two percent or three percent or whatever. That's exactly right. You know, I had an agent uh, that did this one time. They talked about their commission because, again, client's perception. They would say, "Well, I think we're you know, can we pay you?" Or should we do a full 6%? So she would take out $3 bills and, and half of it would be showing the dollar bill and the other half of it would be a, a photo of something that she had to, or, or basically to describe what happened with commissions from that. So she'd say, well, of every dollar that I make, $1 goes to my brokerage and my real estate expenses. Okay. Uh, $1 goes to taxes and $1 that's for me to sort of feed my family. And so I thought that was a pretty, you know, I don't think you have to do exactly that, but you do need to explain where the money's going. And I thought that was a very simple and apt way to describe, Hey, where the money goes. Cause here's what I also know about you guys. Does it cost money to, for your signs and your lock boxes and your dues? And you guys probably just wrote checks for dues in the last, you know, 30 days. Uh, all of this stuff costs money for you to maintain. And so that's worth uh, uh, talking about in that discussion. Yeah. There's a reason why when when people, consumers are polled, that 90 plus percent of them say they would use an agent again. They find value in using an agent. Yeah. They find value in the education. They find value in the negotiation. They find value in the, the documentation and, and back and forth processes, showing them houses, getting access to MLS properties. They find value in all of this. But when it comes their time to actually pay you, mm-hmm. you will have to tell them again why you're important to this transaction. Right. And, and you just have to be very good at articulating that, whether it's coming up with you know, ways to show them where the commission goes. Like, hey, all 20,000 of this commission is not mine. Yeah, Some of it's brokers, some of it's taxes, some of it's this. And you know, 
that is going, you know, uh, over time, if if commissions do in fact start declining and and buyers do have to end up paying some of this out of their pocket, that will become a norm. Mm-hmm. So people coming into the marketplace will start to to realize, hey, if I want to buy a house, this is something I have to think about. Yeah, absolutely correct. Okay, the other part is you're going to have to start negotiating your commission potentially. Okay. So you need to think about those conversations. And I talk to commercial agents about this in preparation for this podcast because commercial agents have to do this all the time, yep. right? There is no fixed, like in real in residential real estate, we play by a set of rules, right? And we all sort of play along with this, these rules that we've set up. Uh, but in commercial, you don't have that. There's no uh, standard uh, or there's no go-to in terms of commission or commission agreements or... Even like in MLS, it's like that's a lot of these things happen off market and nobody even sees them or they let their commercial right. agent know and they make a couple of calls and whatever. So the commission is a regular part of a commercial agent's discussion. And so one of the first things that they ask the agent is how much commission is being offered. So first, go look. Okay. And it's probably worth having a discussion with that agent up front to talk about it, right? To talk about that commission. Now, there are also regulations and laws around all of this stuff, which you need to dig into and you need to research. And I don't know that I have all the answers on that stuff today. We're going to be bringing them to you. But uh, I think it's perfectly acceptable to negotiate your commission uh, from the seller as a part of a real estate deal. Absolutely. I think the only thing I would offer there would be that your client needs to be in the loop on everything that you're doing. If yes. you're, You need to show them the properties that they want to see. Um, regardless of the commission being offered and keep your client in the loop when you're negotiating. So, hey, this is something we want to offer. This is the commission that I think is fair. Are you okay if we negotiated this as part of the broader deal? If you're doing a great job for your client, they're going to say sure. Yeah, I guess that's what I would say in that initial buyer's consultation. You need to create, you need to basically bring up the scenarios. Absolutely, yes. So you would say up front, it's like, hey, most of the time they're offering between two and three percent i'm typically going to be like great yeah that, i'm okay if with they that. offer lower than that which we're starting to see in the marketplace are you okay with me approaching them and negotiating yep. a higher commission just talk with them about it Absolutely. most people are going to be completely fine with that now when it when push comes to shove if you got somebody that's digging their heels in you might have to take one on the chin frankly and the client might choose the house over over you yeah and you might just have to you know figure it out and move on and ask them to refer you to somebody. It just, it happens. Yeah. Right. So be ready for it. And the only way that you can combat that is by doing enough volume to where that's not going to hurt you too much. But I will say, you know, honestly, I'm not going to say it doesn't suck, right? If you've been showing people, you know, houses and they're in the 600,000s and then they pick the one with the lowest commission offered, it sucks. Okay. It stinks. But it's just kind of part of it. It's kind of yep. part of it. You know, in this business, you are going to, you're going to get your education. One, You're going to pay for your education one way or the other. And, you know, sometimes you're going to lose listings and sometimes the deal is going to fall apart. Sometimes people are going to pull out at the last minute. All of that stuff is going to happen as a part of your real estate career. So I'm going to throw this thing in with, with all of that other stuff. Yeah. And that, that happens. And, and guess what? We've had agents that work for us at our brokerage where the client has come to the broker and said, can I pl- pay my agent more money? Yeah, we have that, had that, yeah. That, that has happened before. Like they had so much value from their agent. They said, would it be okay if I offered them this? I would even venture a step further that this particular person 
was great about communicating her value yeah. in a tactful way, right? And so I think that that was maybe a, a deciding factor in them wanting to pay more is because she was very upfront about this is why you this is why me. you want to use me. Yeah. So she was a great communicator about that. So keep Su- that in super mind. Super important. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is okay, but ultimately, if you want to control your commission, okay, you need to list houses. Now, I have a major disagreement with the whole concept of listing agents and buying agents, and I've said that before. I don't like that. I feel like you can learn both and you can be proficient at both being a buyer's agent and a listing agent. Okay. That's just how I feel about it. And if you disagree, comment. But um, the best way to control your commission is to list. No question. So you need to be thinking about over the next five years is how do I dial in a process that's going to get me listings? Because rather than driving people from out of town all over Timbuktu, right? You could have 15 listings and eight of them being showed every night, right? And so think about that. Listing, once you get a house listed, not only are you talk, having that conversation, you are uh, getting agreement on your commission on the front end. Um, after you get that listing and you put it on, on the market, it doesn't move. Nope. It doesn't need to go see different areas it's not going to change its mind about where it wants to be, right? A listing is the most efficient way to control control your commission and to create a sustainable long-term real estate business. So if you guys are listing and you're a buyer's agent, start developing the skill of listing houses and knowing how to list houses. It's not that complicated. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to break your brain for you to learn that different skill. And, I, but it is wildly important over and, the next few years. And to your point earlier, don't box yourself in. Don't call yourself a buyer's agent yeah. or a listing agent. You're just an agent yeah. and you're happy to do either one. We have had agents that work for us as well that would would literally just not want to show buyer's property. So every time they got a buyer, they would just hand them off. Hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of commission out the window because yeah. they didn't want to show houses. Yeah blows my mind. So yes, do Get both. a showing assistant. <laughs> Get a showing assistant for crying out loud. Yeah. Okay. So the other way, if you want to list houses, you need to become proficient uh, and you need to create a system. So go back and listen. So we have uh, uh, our supercharge your success yep. series. Go back and listen to the Fizbo's episode because that'll t- teach you how to go get people who are, or have conversations with people who are going to be selling their houses in the next zero to six months. Okay, and about ninety percent of them convert generally, so you can get probably about ten percent of them to list with you. Okay, so start developing a skill of having conversations with those types of people. Also, expires are a great way, and staying in touch with your network through a, a what we call a CMA a day. You can basically create a comparative market analysis for people in your network and send it out to them. Right? And be like, hey, I'm going to send you a CMA on your house just so you know kind of where the values are in your neighborhood. Who wouldn't want to know? Right, So it's a great idea. As a matter of fact, um, my mother-in-law, I, I went to her house in Oklahoma uh, and she had a, and I was still a licensed Oklahoma real estate agent, and she had a CMA that another realtor had sent to her on her refrigerator with her business card. Okay, 
So don't tell me they don't work. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, and she hey, ended mom. up listening about a year later. She obviously did. with us. But, yeah, with us. But. but still. Anyway, so just keep that in mind. Those CMAs a day. People want to know what their what their home value is. They want to know what's going on in their neighborhood. And um, you know, even for me, like when I'm talking to my neighbors, they're like, Hey, do you know what so and so's house sold for? So yeah. it's like reminded me, it's like I need to know what's going on. Uh, in my neighborhood. I mean, it makes them feel good. They have equity in their home. And, you know, as as interest rates hopefully come down in the summertime or whatever, um, you know, it's going to be an important uh, piece of information to have. Yep. Uh, final thoughts on this? I just think it, we can't, I mean, how many times, I think every episode we end up saying this, like do the buyer consultation, yeah. do the seller consultation. Yes. These are conversations that are critical to the life of the deal. They're critical to how you're perceived in your marketplace. Like if you, if the first time you're having this conversation is when you're trying to negotiate an offer and get yourself more money, they're not going to look at that very positively. But if you've already discussed this in the buyer consultation and then it comes up, not a big deal. Here's what I will tell you. Well, a lot of you do, okay? Is you get, you get excited about that buyer or that seller and you skip the step. Okay, because you're like, I'm just trying to get to a deal. I'm trying to get a deal done. Okay, but guess what happens on the back end of that? All of those problems, because you didn't explain things appropriately, start threatening your deal and could cause it to fall apart. Okay, so it is unexciting to yep. do a buyer consultation. It is unexciting to do a seller consultation. But you know what is really exciting? Having a smooth deal. Yeah. So do your buyer consultation. Do your seller. Do not skip that step to ensure... Uh, a successful path to closing. Okay. The, so that's what I would leave you with. Go yeah, ahead. The, the buyer consultation is so important that we teach agents to, to build teams, to become brokers. And this is the step that we teach them to hold on to the buyer consultation. Yes. You can, you can get showing assistance. You can get a general assistant. You can get uh, team members that you'll hand off deals to, but do the buyer consultations because they're the most important step in the process. But the final thought to my final thought, by the way, <laughs> the final thought to my final thought. Okay. The business over the next few years, right? The, this business is changing. We're seeing it change, right? There's tons of opportunity. That doesn't mean that, that there isn't still millions of dollars to be made in this business, even as an individual real estate agent, but the business is going to go to the professionals. Okay. So a lot of your, what you're going to see, and we're already starting to see realtors leave the marketplace. They're, they're, they're not, yeah, they're retiring me. their licenses. Okay. The business is going to go to the professionals. So you have to continue to develop yourself as a professional if you want to make it in this business long-term. Okay. So make sure you're doing that. Make sure you're coming to the podcast. Make sure you're coming to our events. We are starting an event series called Agent Accelerator Series. We're going to be doing something for you guys every single month. Uh, that's in addition to the podcast. It's in addition to the classes that we, uh, uh, some of the stuff that we've already done. So, hey, stay dialed in. If you are not subscribed to the podcast, subscribe to the podcast. If you're not subscribed to our mailing list, go to theagentbridge.com. Get on the mailing list so you can see all those events are going to be coming up. Something like uh, uh, 22 events over the course of the next year. So make sure you're dialed in and so you can come to those events. They're going to be awesome. All right, guys. Everybody have a fantastic week. We'll see you next week.